you are listening to The Current Daily, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Thursday, June 18th. Dear listener, I promised I wouldn't do this, but by popular demand... Stately plump Buck Mulligan came from the stairhead, bearing a bowl of lather on which a mirror and a razor lay crossed. A yellow dressing gown, ungirdled, was sustained gently behind him on the mild morning air. He held the bowl aloft and intoned, Introibo ad altarade. Of course, those are the opening lines of Ulysses. I confess to a white lie. Nobody actually requested that I read it aloud. I do promise this will be the last Ulysses reference. And to break script, I'm pretty sure that Mark specifically chose the lines with Latin to put me through my literary paces. It has been a minute. There really is no great transition to the substance of our episode today, so I won't even try. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's chat with Mitzi. If you want to help revamp recognition programs and IT services, give Mitzi a shout. An email from her with the details is in the Communications Digest on The Current. We have a great interview today. My own direct supervisor, Dan Suki, joins the pod to tell the backstory of everything it took to transition to remote courses for spring quarter. This one was an interesting one to listen to and edit since this is my area of direct work. So thank you for the recognition, Dan. Not directly for me, but for the entire ETS team. I agree with you wholeheartedly. This could hardly have come off as smoothly without the work that everybody put into it. Anyway, let's get on to Dan. This is Mark Herzberger. Today, I'm joined by Dan Suki. He is Director of Educational Technology Services. Dan, welcome to the pod. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks, Mark. Happy to be talking to you. How has your personal work-from-home experience been since March? It's been overall very positive. Uh, I think like everybody else in ITS and the rest of campus, there was a transitional period getting used to uh, being at home. I've been, you know, of course, you bump into your partners and your pets and your kids, but uh, managed to make it work. It's actually a pretty good workflow right now. We're going to talk primarily about spring quarter and what it took to rapidly shift to uh, remote instruction. When did you first realize that the COVID situation was a big deal and that it would have a, a significant impact on campus operations? I think along with most of higher ed, Ed Tech in particular, I really realized very early on in March that things were going to shift dramatically. We all saw the path of COVID increasing and what that meant for the U.S. So really, and uh, March 11th, I woke up, I immediately checked my email, and I saw an email from the chancellor declaring that uh, we were all moving off campus. I was expecting that, but still, it's a pretty, it, you know, it's a sudden shift. So that was really the day that launched remote learning and relaunched uh, remote working for everybody. On that day, March 11th, um, you can recall back, what, what, would, what would your assessment be of faculty readiness at that moment for the idea of transferring everything to remote? Um, I would say 95% of our faculty were not ready for that transition. Uh, we have, we've always had a few uh, Vanguard faculty who have been doing things remotely and online. 
and they were much more prepared. But for the most part, it was a pretty interesting situation. I think we landed on Zoom as the primary teleconference method. Um, so how did Zoom come to be the delivery method of choice? Well, I mean, Zoom's always been a great video conference product. We always liked it even before this happened. You know, we're fortunate. I think we also planned well that Zoom was available. And Zoom quickly went from something that we, we do for meetings to being the core delivery for lectures. Really from early March to now, Zoom is, is now so integrated in the EdTech service offerings that it's in use as much, if not more, than for meetings. When faculty first got wind of the idea that classes would have to shift to remote, what was their reaction? What did you hear from that community? Um, I heard a lot of, you know, to be, to be frank, I heard a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic, a lot of uh, questions like, what should I do? Can I even do this? Should we even continue classes? That sort of talk. Um, you know, just things born out of wanting to do a good job, wanting to teach well, but um, also just not knowing how to do it remotely. So there was definitely some anxiety. What did it take to get faculty ready? And if not fully ready day one, at least ready enough to start and improve? I would say a massive and amazing effort from a lot of people in ITS. We've always been busy. Part of ETS's charge is to support teaching learning with technology. So in that case, we've always been busy. But uh, really from March 11th, we were buried in, in quests from faculty for help. So what it took was a Herculean effort from staff to do a lot of hand-holding to get faculty where they needed to be. And do you, do you know off the top of your head how many classes shifted to remote for spring? So if I had to estimate, um, we had about 1,500 courses that were previously delivered on ground, and they had to shift overnight to remote. In addition to Zoom, what, what are the suite of tools or platforms that, that were used to make this happen? In ETS, we offer a bunch of great I mean, several great good services to enable teaching and learning. We really saw the rise of Zoom. We saw the rise of Kaltura, which is our enterprise video delivery system. Think of like a YouTube, but for campus. And of course, Canvas, which was already in use, but overnight became quite the sensation. So it's really the, the integration of those three tools that made this possible. And that integration took work on ITS's end. So that's how this happened. And the workflow basically is that instructor delivers a lecture via Zoom to the world, wherever the student resides. That lecture then is basically, Kaltura captures that recording, and it, then it is automatically posted to their Canvas course page. And this is all a seamless process for the instructor. And that has been crucial to make this work. Was that process already in place before March 11th, or did that have to get made on the fly? Um, pieces of it. I mean, we had a lot of the structure in place already, but the use wasn't where we wanted it to be. We knew it was gonna get there. We just didn't know it would get there overnight. So um, we had to rapidly do uh, some more work, especially in the Zoom with Canvas integration. You know, looking back since March 11th or so, what's been the most surprising thing for you about the shift to remote uh, instruction? I think the most surprising thing for me has been to see UCSD's overall reaction. Like I said, at first there was, there was panic and, and concern, but now I'm seeing UCSD embracing elements of remote learning that are going to become online courses. You know, I, I think UCSD will always be a, a brick-and-mortar focused teaching university. I think it's just our nature. But in the past three, four months, I've seen faculty say, you know, there are parts of what I had to do that I want to, I want to continue doing. 
And that is going to fundamentally change the university. We're going to see uh, real online courses, online programs in a big way. Okay. And I, I know that there's a, an important distinction, I think, between the word remote and online. What is that difference and why is it important? Oh, it's huge. Remote is essentially delivering lectures via Zoom, like I mentioned, all that workflow. It is basically making it work when you can't come to campus to teach or if you're a student, making it work when you can't come to campus to learn. So it's been a suite of tools we provided that have made it work for campus. Online learning is really a well thought out in advance, well-designed course for online delivery that includes online assessments, assessment of the course, and um, real thoughtful course design. Okay, so from, from the ground up, it's, it's two fundamentally different approaches to a class then. Exactly. An online course takes months to develop and is not, and it's also not inexpensive to do so. An on, a remote course is something you can do when you have to do it. Got it. What are we hearing from faculty about you know, their experience, spring quarter, their evolution, if you will, and what worked well and what maybe didn't work so well? Some interesting things have shifted. So from March, that was winter quarter, it really shifted from that it's initially, you know, what should I do? Can I even do this? And we've seen now that spring quarter actually ended just last week, the conversation shifted. It's really become, okay, I can do this. I just need some help with the teaching tools. So I've seen much more comfort level with our faculty embracing this kind of new paradigm. And what about student feedback such that you've received any? So students, you know, students are all over the place in response to this. I, in many ways, I, I feel very bad for the, for the students that this happened. You see what part of what makes UCSD great is, you know, the, our seven college experience. It's not just that we have world-class faculty. It's that we also have a great student life. And so I think the student experience has been mixed. They miss that, that you know, campus life element. I think students, just like the rest of us, are pretty sick of just Zoom. Um, that can be tiresome sometimes. And, uh, you know, they're reacting to, to all the turmoil in, in the world right now and still being asked to uh, get all their studies done. So it's really all over the place. And, you know, you touched on this a second ago, but now that UC San Diego as an institution has had this experience and the faculty uh, have kind of the remote instruction ability in their toolbox, what does that open up for future options for the campus? It paves the way for, like I said before, for uh, real online courses. So, for instance, I just we've just learned, and this is hot off the presses, we just learned a week ago that we're being asked to help create about a dozen real online courses for fall delivery. So there's our summer for a lot of a lot of ETS. And so this is exciting. It's really shifting, shifting us to online course order. And anything else you want to mention about um, just kind of the overall shift to the remote instruction and what happens next? I stressed it before, but I definitely want to mention it again. We have great technology. We have awesome tools. They are useless without good people supporting them. They are useless without people who really care about teaching and learning and ITS. And we are very fortunate to have a lot of dedicated people that support faculty and support students and support researchers to keep the university going during a crisis like this. So I think, if anything, it's the emphasis is on our people. And the, the technology is the second piece. That's some great information, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mark. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. 
Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.